That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is a man who I didn't want to see in Money in the Bank. And then he won in the main event, JC. JC, thank you for, for being with us. Give me the key, Adam. Here. Give me the key. Here. Yep. All right. I'm going to put that in my, my shoe for later. Let's go, baby. It's uh, nothing to predict this week, but it's Money in the Bank season, Nestlemania. And... This has been exciting the last couple weeks, man, because there's so many possibilities. There's qualifying matches. There's shit that's matter. There's fresh feuds. There's fresh matches, which is very rare in WWE. So let's get right into the shine, and I kind of did that there. Riddle, or should I call him um, Randy Riddle or Riddle Orton or Matt Orton? I don't know what we want to call him, but Randy Orton, for some reason, was not on Raw. So they're going to take him out of the match. They do this little battle royal thingy to get someone, and Riddle wrote this hilarious letter, which Sonya and Adam Pierce posted on Twitter, begging to let Randy stay in the match. They even drew a snake on it. And Riddle all night was obviously like he always is, involved everywhere. He gets himself in the... Uh, he wins the Battle Royal over returning Damian Priest. And then I will say, my favorite part might have been that backstage segment with Priest, where he was trying to be all rooting and be like all bite free. <laughs> <laughs> just like and and then Priest is like, "Well, if you see Riddle, let him know." And then you see Riddle break character, like, "Oh, oh, it's me, it's me." It's just this stuff. It's so simple. It's so silly. It's so ridiculous. But it's so fucking entertaining, man. And the great part about Riddle is how stupid and as much as the E as he is, he still has the WW too. Because in between the ropes, there ain't too many people that do a better job than him. And you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they clearly went out of their way. If you look at it, he was in the beginning, he was in the middle, and he was in the end of the show. So they know what they have. They know what's working. They're riding that bolt of lightning. Oh, like we said, we hope that it's because of the crowds and then they get their championship shot in front of the crowds and all that stuff. We hope that that's really where we're headed. Uh, they are slow playing this, so I enjoy it. I thought the Battle Royal was really, really good only because it had little stories within the Battle Royal that everything was kind of tying together, which I appreciate more than anything. The one thing that I really disliked was just the 24-7 yuck-yuck in the middle of it. Yup. But I'm so dead and tired of talking about it. It's like, it, And then, of course, later on, we have Riker with his slapping and all that stuff, but that's in the heat. Uh, but it's just... I enjoyed it. I thought, like, just little things, too, like the idea of, oh, okay, like, Omas came out and eliminated the Raiders. Ali and Mansoor are doing their own thing. And I really appreciate the ending where it was like, okay, like, because really you get to a certain point and you think, okay, there's only, a, you know, when you watch a Royal Rumble, you watch a Battle Royal, whatever, you're sitting there and you're starting to think to yourself, okay, there's like five guys left. Who's really going to realistically win this? Then he got the Priest and Riddle, which you were like, okay, this is great. Priest really hasn't been doing anything anyway. So it's nice to see him. Right. But I mean, yeah. it's nice to see him back because he's got that different yep. style. And then Riddle, of course, he makes him eat a knee. He wins. And that was great. He did the pyro. He was scared. Like everything about it just made. <laughs> Perfect sense. 
Um, and it was wonderful. And then, of course, you know, later on, with like you said, everything that kind of connected. In the main event, I was a little surprised of how it went down. Um, but they went the super babyface route with Riddle, of course, you know, with the with the hospitalization kind of thing. And uh, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in the heat. Uh, but that's as much shine as I've got for that particular man. Yeah, and I do think the like the only positive of that really was the riddle part. But I think what's exciting about this is like I'm assuming Randy will be back on TV next week. I want to see his reaction to all this all night, like watching Riddle do all these things, and like you know Randy Orton, as much as he doesn't like him like doing these types of things, the fact that he really put himself out on the line for they really made it out of their way by having him with injure himself doing this for Randy, and you obviously had Priestley the lines being like, no, no, no. You're not lucky to have him. He's lucky to have you. So I want to see how this dynamic has now will evolve even more when Randy comes back because of all these things that Riddle did this week. So I think that's what makes this so exciting is that not only is it really good content, it's just they're moving the story forward every week. It doesn't. It isn't just like a throwaway. It's like every week there's meaning behind it, and I think that's good. Another thing, WrestleMania, that I never thought this was something I was going to want or need, but a Miz Morrison and Ricochet feud – not only was the backstage segment fucking incredible with the little like the spritzer what do they call them again the drip the drip sticks yeah, the yeah, dripsticks. yeah yeah but uh nestlemania we have the spot of the year so far where ricochet fucking from the ring to the barricade perfectly cross bodies morrison i watched that clip about eight thousand times it's just like this is why i love ricochet and why i always love him because he does this crazy shit Better than anyone. He always has. He always will. And he always has his own way to do it. And him and Morrison, obviously, you talk about an athletic masterpiece. Well, there you go. I could watch this a few more times. It was a lot of fun having Miz in the wheelchair and Ricochet using the wheelchair as like a thing to and part of the match. It's just everything about this was fun. It's just it's really and I'm looking like, okay, leading up to Money in the Bank. This is a fun mini side feud for these guys that they can find different ways to do it every week. The Miz will make it entertaining in his own way. Ricochet and Morrison, when they get out there, will make it entertaining. So. I, this honestly, with the riddle stuff, was probably my co-favorite thing of the week. Yeah, I would say basically, if you want to watch a match this week, in my opinion, this was the match to watch, especially yep. with the crescendo at the end. It sucked that obviously it was not, a, you know, it was no decision essentially. Uh, but I will say, uh, you know, I, I we well, I guess you and I both give Ricochet a hard time with the G Gully Gosh mentality. But I was, yeah, I was super excited to see that Sarah kind of like they did a great job holding the microphone and then. You know, making fun of the Miz being strategic, and then looking up and seeing, you know, Ricochet, and he didn't overdo it. He just acted normal, which was great. And then he had the drip stick, and then you know, ran away, and that's fine. That's enough for him. He's not able to carry a segment. The Miz and Morrison carried him through an awesome segment, and then that match when he got in the ring was exactly what he needed to do. So it sucks because I don't think he's. I mean, I'm sure he learned something from that segment. But I, I want to see, not every week, but I want to see every once in a while some positive steps for him because we already know that like he's in the ring, we're not going to fast forward. We know that. It's the, it's the, the slithering and the eh, when you're watching the backstage segment that you're like, like your, your skin crawls a little bit because it's just it's phony. So if, if he can be an authentic pew pew pew, then we're all set. Uh, but uh, since we've we've ran out of pew pew pews last week, uh, but no, look, I, I like I said, this was probably if you didn't say it coming up, it was going to be my next thing on the shine because I thought it was super like super well done, but also in a world full of meh, this was this was like it stood out. Yeah, I will say this though, I honestly for the second week in a row for the most part enjoyed Raw. I think there was definitely a cutoff point. The second half was very lacking, but 
I still have three more themes on this show that I enjoyed, and one that I'm pretty sure you would enjoy as well was the Kofi MVP segment. Um, Kofi, like, every now and then we're reminded of how freaking good he is on the mic, because obviously with, like, the three of them, I always felt like Kofi was the one overshadowed because Big E was the big, boisterous one. Xavier Woods, like, he got overshadowed sometimes, but I felt like in the talking he always delivered, whereas Kofi was just there as, like, the guy who was always solid. But, like, when you see him do this type of thing, when he's by himself and he's passionate and he has someone like MVP to play off of, who is the literal perfect foil for Kofi, it is absolute magic. I thought this was magic from start to finish. I was enthralled. I listened to every word. It made me even more hyped for this match. It made me want to see it. Kofi, everything he said was true. Everything MVP said was true. And I was just like, man, this is this is how you build feuds, man. And this both credit goes to both these guys because they were both phenomenal. But I just think the chemistry for this type of feud is off the charts. And this is another thing where it's just like much like the riddle type thing. They're finding a way to move this forward every week, despite this being something that kind of has been going on for a while since Kofi like got that win against him. And they took like the mini pause because Drew wouldn't go away, but they've kind of picked it back up again. And they found a way to just take a simple like back and forth and make it one of the more compelling things of the week. I There are a lot of people on there saying that was the best Kofi promo he's ever done. It's hard for me to. He to, had some pretty good, had some ones, good ones before and after his WWE Championship reign. So I I would tough. say, and I you know it's hard for me because I I judge differently than other people, so it's hard. I was watching because here's the other thing too. Then I guess it's probably the way that that it, I have to set it up based on my judgment. I wasn't watching Raw live, but I was reading through my Twitter feed to catch up, which is stupid. And then. So I, I, so my my expectations for this was way through the roof when I was watching it, and I'm not saying I was disappointed by any sense of it, but I felt like it it to me it's not I don't know, like I think it was oversold on Twitter just a smidge you know and so shocking I'm shocked something yeah. was oversold or undersold on Twitter no, no yeah way. and so but I but I but the the positives to this are are incredible I mean Kofi like you said he had that single feeling of just. Listen, I got passion. I got this. I got that. I got all these things. I worked hard. I went to Ghana. I showed them what a real champion was. You got Bobby weak at the knees, fucking five girls. And then, you know, you're, you're not doing anything. He's on vacation. Like, I love that. I thought that because that's how I feel when I watch it. So the thing that I the, the thing that I watched when I said this in my brain, I went, they don't need Daniel Bryan because Kofi Kingston is their Daniel Bryan now. He is the guy that everybody loves. Everybody will cheer, and everybody knows how good he is and how good he is outside and inside of the ring, person or wrestler. He's just, bar none, just great. You know, and I think that's that feel-good person that you're missing most of the time. Like, on SmackDown, it's clearly gone. Like, there's nobody on SmackDown I care about that's, like, a feel-good person anymore. But on Raw, Kofi Kingston is that person. He is that absolute, just, not even like a white hot baby face i mean he's not like eat your eat your vitamins kind of but he's he's as positive as you can get to in this this particular era and i'm really really excited to see what happens i'm i'm fairly certain he's gonna lose but when you can sit there and go well i'm I'm still entertained and i still want to see it that's the magic right there you kind of already know the outcome but you're on a ride here and and part of this journey is going to be the next two weeks so they yeah. they've, they've got you and the beauty of this feud is like as much as we think, like, yeah, Lashley's probably going to retain. We expect the Lesnar at SummerSlam, hopefully. But there's a little bit little bit in your mind of being like, Kofi always has a chance. Because like you said, he does have that bit of that Daniel Bryan shine on him where it's just like there's always a chance because when Kofi's out there, there's no one more over. So it's always a possibility. Speaking of, 
when they're always out there. There's no one more over. Eva Marie picks up another big win on Monday Night Raw. She did an incredible job. Pretty much beat Naomi and Oscar by herself in a requested rematch. Dewdrop was taking notes, doing a great job. I mean, I'm obviously whatever here, but WrestleMania, this dynamic that they have is a lot of fun. I think it's because it's new, it's different. It's like they're really playing off each other and they're making Dewdrop look like a fucking stud. She pretty much went up, she like dominated Naomi and Asuka, who were their top women in the division, and she looked good doing it, showing off her moveset. And so it just. I think this is a lot of fun, obviously, because obviously I've always loved Eva because I think her stuff is fun and the heat that she gets. But this was just such a unique dynamic when they brought her back of me not expecting her to have like a sidekick that she kind of keeps belittling that you're going to slowly every week. We're going to want to root for Dewdrop more and more as this continues to build until it eventually overflows. So I think this is a lot of fun right now. They're both doing exactly what they need to do. And it's again, it's another little piece of Raw where it's like, this is what Raw's been lacking is these like, C or D list storylines that make me actually care. And I'm not fast forwarding. I'm actually watching these and sometimes enjoying these types of things more than the main event stuff. So I don't think I've joined a main event on raw in, in years, but that's beside the point. Uh, I will say to you, I am, I'm in on the do drop thing because the way that they're presenting it, the way that they're saying it to me is very important. Like she's, she calls her do drop and looks and Piper will smile and then she'll drop the smile when Eva turns back to talk to Kevin. And it's just so funny because of the way that she operates it. You can tell, like, she doesn't like being called Dewdrop. She doesn't want to be called Dewdrop. So we're vicariously living through her. We already hate Eva, so it's great. And then, of course, she just plowed through in a jobber alert, beating Asuka and Naomi by herself, essentially. Which, I only have a caveat to that, is, like, you're putting these women in the money in the bank, but you're not putting Dewdrop in. I think that's bullshit, but whatever. Because I think, you know... Maybe they will. Maybe they have that moment of maybe, like. Maybe, yeah. maybe she gets in, but also we're at the point in terms of her storyline. Dewdrop doesn't need it where these other two, like we clearly see, there's nothing for them. So you have two of your top stars with crowds coming back, baby faces. You got to put them in the money in the bank. Yeah, it's just, I think that Dewdrop's the way if they keep it that way. And I think that the, she's annoyed already is, is perfect because I want the crowd to keep chanting for Piper, not Dewdrop. I think that, that that's. That's the way they need to go about it. I mean, obviously, you can't tell a crowd how to do it because they're going to do what they want to do anyway. She's going to be over like Rover, and Eva's going to be heady like heady, and it's going to be fantastic dynamic. Is there anything else on uh, Raw or SmackDown that you yes, enjoyed? Yes, there is, Nestlemania. One more thing on Raw. For the second week in a row, I am all in on Nikki Cross. Everything I am rooting for her, man. It's like you talk about someone who's just, it's just likable with this gimmick, like, I am just in, man. I am inspired. I am excited. You can tell she's excited. She's into it. The passion is just like underdog, rah, rah. Like, all I want to do is cheer for her. Like, with the, the in the ring stuff is so secondary to me. But, like, her promo, every time she talks, like, I'm like, yeah. She's, like, getting me hyped up, and I'm not even realizing it. And like I said last week, I've never been a Nikki Cross guy. Just never really enjoyed her that much. I've always thought she was fine. But these last two weeks, this character, as silly as it is, again, it's one of those things It's like, I can just feel it. Sometimes like when you have a superstar who's really into something, it just makes you believe. And right now in WrestleMania, I'm a believer in Nikki Cross, and I think she is a superhero, and I want her to win the Money in the Bank, goddammit. I want Nikki Cross, Miss Money in the Bank 2021. Those words came out of my mouth. That's how I know this is working, man. She called herself Nikki Ash, almost a superhero in that promo, which, you know, silly. See, see, here's, 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 as your friend, I have to say this to you. Yes. I thought that when you started this conversation, 
about 30 seconds ago, two minutes ago maybe. I couldn't tell the difference between sarcastic JC and real real JC. Oh, no, this is real. This one is real. This I, is 100% real. I'm legitimately, like, in. Like, I I think Guthrie said it perfectly on Twitter. It's just it's something that's – it just feels so different and refreshing that it's nice. And that's been my theme with the things that we've mentioned on Raw. I think the reason why Riddle's been such a success is, like, this show has been so much fucking of the same. And there still is some of it, but between this – the ricochet stuff and like the Eva Marie uh, dewdrop stuff. It's like it's like this fresh infusion we've got the last month. And this Nikki thing was literally out of nowhere. Literally nothing. There was no 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 like hint about it. She just showed up in a fucking cape last week in a ridiculous outfit. And now on the second straight week in a row, and like she's just into it. And I'm just like, it's just, this is fun, Nestle. I'm having fun watching this, which we talk about every week. Raw is not fun. So if you get something where like eight to ten minutes of Raw is fun. I'm going to celebrate it and I want to root for it because I want more of it. I do I do fear that there it comes down to Alexa Bliss or Nikki Cross to win this money in the bank because it's the only two people that I can consider in in the, so far. So far right what now. What about my girl Liv Morgan? She's qualified, baby. Talk about underdogs. We got Nikki Cross and Liv Morgan. It's like I'm excited for my Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Love money in the bank. Anyway, uh Yes, it's exciting. So she, uh, the other, yeah, I don't know what else to say there. It's just, when I heard Ash, I went, oh boy, okay. But it is, yeah. it, it's a thing. I mean, we can talk about the Alexa dynamic and stuff because obviously that's going on. Like, it's not, it's not bothering me that much right now. I think, uh, boy, Tony tweeted us on Twitter after yeah. saying he thinks Alexa Bliss is a better Bray Wyatt than Bray Wyatt, which I'd really have to think about it. But again, the only reason I've soured on her is the fucking doll. Because I think in terms of what she's still doing, she's still great. Like, her being backstage in that promo, just kind of sitting there, like, being all creepy. And her, like, coming out and, like, pushing over Nia and then smiling. Like, it works. As long as they keep the doll away from it. Her. Here's here's why I think Tony's saying something just to aggravate me. But really, because <laughs> <laughs> he knows me better than most people. Uh, and give him a follow, at Tony. Tough talk, Tony Spencer. He's one of the the best uh, New England wrestlers around. At least uh, he's been one of the best entertainers I know. Anyway, um, that's beside the point. I don't believe that Alexa Bliss is better than the Fiend because I don't think I'm as excited as when the Fiend comes out. The Fiend was presented in a way where he was special. He didn't show up all the time. Alexa Bliss is Alexa Bliss all the time. I don't think that Alexa Bliss is doing the things that the the Fiend was. I don't even. I, it's like Pepsi and Coke. They're 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 kind of the same, but they're not. And I don't necessarily believe that it's going to work out, uh, that people are going to... Like, people love Alexa Bliss regardless of what she does. Like, it doesn't matter. She, she's just that great. She could literally do nothing and people would still love her and it doesn't matter. She's just a good human she's being. She's incredible. She's right. great. She's likable. She's right. No, and, then, likable. and again, she's and she even said in that interview, she's having the time of her life with this character. So, I, I you know, and it probably will give her four or five more years if she wants it in wrestling. The thing that I'm going to say is The Fiend is so much better, in my opinion, because he left us clues... He left me kind of thinking like conspiracy theories. He wasn't there every week. We saw Bray Wyatt waving and doing the Firefly Funhouse. They kind of did that with Alexa's Playground, but they've done what they've done lately is they've really tried to just tease out of the the hair of uh, of Alexa Bliss any fiend stuff at all. It's like they've they've tried to just make her into a subplot that is now a main plot, and and tried to like. Warner Brothers her into a, her own franchise, it feels like. And they're doing a good job of it. But uh, but if The Fiend comes back, it's always going to be The Fiend for me. And, and that's that's not a slight because I enjoy what Alexa Bliss is doing. I just don't think it's a fair comparison. Uh, to me, it's apples and oranges. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think it, I think it's definitely two different things. Um, 
But I do agree with his point that because Alexa week to week, I still think has done a phenomenal job. So I do think she's carried the mantle well. But I do also agree with you that it's two different, completely two different animals. But WrestleMania, that's it for me on Raw. Do you have anything else on Raw? Hell no. Let's go to SmackDown. Obviously, I'm thrilled for Liv making money in the bank. You know what the other thing I'm excited for is because we've kind of like, this has kind of been a back burner story, but it's something we wanted for a year. Big E officially qualified for the money in the bank, which means we're all saying there's a chance. So for me, that was my biggest positive coming out of SmackDown. Uh, Carmelo wear uh, Carmelo, excuse me, Carmelo wearing a leopard print. As you can tell, it's got me tongue tied. That also was, uh, a big positive to come out of SmackDown. Yes, very big positive, and in, in, in many different ways. For, uh, just I, I'm I can't talk more about it. Um, we're calling it now big positives. Big positives, big positives. Giving everyone big positives. Yeah, certain people have big positives. Um, I think besides the whole. I, I enjoyed the Jay story, the Jay not being there, and Jimmy do, trying to like. You think you can replace your brother? I those things I can snack on, and I can enjoy, and I, it's like a popcorn munching kind of feeling when you're watching mm-hmm. that shit. And then you get to a certain point, and you're like, you know, that to me it was like, okay, he he can clearly beat Ziggler, and then he just beat him with a super kick after he'd done a super kick like 45 times, and I went, well, that was just anticlimactic. That felt like the young Usos. What? The Jimmy Bucks. The Jimmy Bucks. Super kick party, baby. Super Oos party. Super Oos. Uh, look, I just, I can't. Th- that bothered me, too, because it was such a flat kind of like, because I know what we were doing. We were, we were saving the good stuff to the end, apparently. And then we get to the end, and it's like, all right, whatever. So for me, I'm done. I got no positives left. You have been the positive charge of this battery. I think it's time to get to get heaty. It's hot out. Yes. It's like 99 degrees out. I will say this before I uh, fakely hit the button is that the edge return caught me by complete surprise. And I said, you know what? That's not bad. <laughs> I just like, I'm so sour on edge that, you know, it's, it is what it is. But I will say, like, it was well done. Am I, I'm, I honestly, WrestleMania, this, this is why it's kind of good. I know we're in the heat now. But this is why it's kind of good. We're getting edge reigns at Money in the Bank instead of at SummerSlam. Which means Reigns SummerSlam plans are wide open because... I don't know if a uh, little detective noticed here, but Seth Rollins had a promo where he declared himself the number one contender. Well, Edge has already swept in and stolen that from him. So that got me thinking, SummerSlam, Seth Rollins ain't facing Reigns, but he might be facing Edge. And honestly, a Seth-Edge feud, much better. Because Edge away from the title, feuding with some of these guys, him and Seth are probably going to have a really fun match and a really fun feud. Because this Seth character, I think, would uh, go back and forth well with the Edge character. So in terms of that, that's good. But in terms of the next few weeks, um, probably 25% of SmackDown is going to be Edge sitting in a dark room in a chair doing his best uh, knock, knock, knocking on Alistair's door impression, just fucking being boring. Uh, him and Drew should get together and just do promos on uh, shows that I don't have to watch. Uh, but, yeah, that's obviously the negative of it is because uh, we've clearly both soured on Edge. So I'm not necessarily in, in love with this entire thing. I, I was so – I know there's a lot of Edge people out there, and, like, I, he's a feel-good story. He He was good where he was. I just, you know, it's it's an incredible thing that he's come back and all that stuff, and he ends on his own terms. I get that. But for me, I'm just not, I'm not it. I'm not in it. I, it's not for me. And, like, I appreciate that he's trying to be something, and he's smarter than most of the, probably anybody back in the locker room or probably we watching. You know, he's, he's probably better than all of us. But he wore a shirt that said, Iconoclast. Did you look up what it said? <laughs> I did. I fucking sent it to you guys because I fucking lost it. Like, what the fuck are we doing? 
Do you know what it stands uh, for? I did Google it, yep. I okay. have to Google. Okay, you Googled it. So essentially, it, the definition is the person who destroys religious images or opposes their their institution, essentially, their beliefs. So, Seth Rollins, boom, we're putting it together. So I think he's trying to say he's going to disrespect the head of the table. But really what we're doing here is he's going to end up with the Friday Night Messiah at some point, which, again, I, ho- I fully expect for Edge to lose to Roman Reigns because of Seth Rollins. Um, 100%. Because the way that they are absolutely dragging this thing out. Um, and Mr. Ua can go on to bigger and better things if he can be seen, if you get my drift, by somebody in Hollywood. So, uh, the Invisible Man may return. Time is now. The, uh, the Invisible Man might come back and, and finally be 17-time uh, champion. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that set fire? Hopefully he cuts his promos in English. It's true. It's true. Because... Yeah. Uh, He's gonna get in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I don't. I don't know. But anyway, uh, getting into some more heaty things. There's so many things in this program that very much upset me. So I don't know if I should do like a speed round or if I should just kind of. You can. I'll stop you if we need to stop. Okay. Go for it. Okay. Well, Bianca's Belair promo was terrible again. I can't believe a baby face like that has been so just on ice since everything. Same. It's the same promo since before WrestleMania. It's unbelievable. It's, same material every week. Yep. It's. It's like somebody gives her and she's like, I. You know. I hope she has enough confidence in herself to say that's not what I, my character would say instead of being force-fed this bullshit because I'm watching it going, oi, like it, it's oi ve Maria. It is, it is bad. It is not great. And then we get in into um, something that I, I'm – the only good part of the coronation was that Pat McAfee was losing his goddamn mind, but the coronation itself made no goddamn sense to me. Waste of time. It was like – it was literally taking a lap, and we don't have the luxury of taking laps in wrestling, do we, folks? At least not from entertainment. When I'm on my couch or in my bed watching this shit, I don't want you taking a goddamn lap. Why don't you show me something that I wanted to see? And I love Shinsuke, and I love the Boogs, but what the fuck are we doing here? And, of course, the whole thing was for your boy Baron. Now we have to call him Baron. Um – Come back. I want him. I want him to be down on his luck forever because there's we. You know, I know you, you know how you like use that GIF all the time with him on the the King's throne. Yeah, I'm never gonna stop. No, 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 no. And that, that that's the best Corbin up until this point. But sad sack Baron Corbin might be my new favorite thing. <laughs> Just from the way, like, like I feel like he's he's one promo away from being outside kicking a rock. Like I, like down the road. I just I, I am. Th- I'm interested because it's so different. Like, it's so different. It's such a character flip. He needs it. He needs some type of re-energizing here because he was the same thing every single week. So, it, but again, not a great segment. Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. We know it was going to be good, but it was like last man standing. Are we fucking kidding me? Like, we Yeah, know. I'm all in. I'm all, how, is that, how is that heat? Now? But so no, it's just I, fucking the match of the week. You're going to be on here next week sucking his dicks. Big old dicks. He's got two dicks, great. apparently, is what you're saying? You said yeah, dicks. Yeah, both of them. Owen's his name. We're going to be like, oh, no, 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 Bukaki, let's go. <laughs> We're deep enough in the program. People won't notice I said that. Okay. <laughs> so Cap asks you to say that next week on the phone. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're going to move over to – there's so much crap that I – oh, so here's here's the thing that I was just I, – I can't – I don't even know how to describe it, but it bothered me, the six-woman tag, right? Like <laughs> – like, I, I got to a point where I was like, I was just glad it's over. Clearly, she beats Mandy, who throws a knee. Thank you, JC. And then, for some reason, at the end of this, Rhea Ripley decides to get her shit back and give a chop block. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm angry, because all I could think about was, 
Who is the fucking baby face? Like, even in the six-man tag, I couldn't figure out what team was the baby faces. In the six-man, like, Tamina and Natty, are, are they baby faces? Uh, they, they sounded like it when they won, but now on the opposite side are Mandy and Dana, who you clearly would cheer for and most men would cheer for. So then there's Rhea. Do you cheer for Rhea? I don't know. And then there's, uh, you know, Charlotte over there who clearly nobody likes and doesn't want to see on television even though she's talented. And then it's just... There's there's no likability in this six woman tag, and all I could think about in my head was, well, well, Rhea Rhea is the big baby face, but like is she, she does so many heel things. When the, when crowds come back, Rhea's gonna be over like Rover. Mandy's gonna be over like Rover. But you're dismissing Dana's it. You're be dismissing out there it. Doing whatever she does. You're dismissing no, I know. it. This is fucking horrible. I fast forwarded this whole thing. I saw six woman tag. I'm like, this is a waste of my time. Talk to me when we have Rhea Charlotte 14 and we have Mandy and Dana fucking squash Natty and Tamina for the title. Until then, if you put a six-woman tag on Raw, guess what I'm going to do? 32X. See ya. It was upsetting. It was very upsetting. Any six-person tag is very upsetting. Just skip it. Garbage. Something else is very upsetting. I don't even know why I care about this, but why is Elias a singer if he doesn't do his own entrance music? Like, what the fuck I are mean, we doing? I saw a lot of people. I saw people bitching about his entrance music um, before I watched. Now I listened to it. I'm like, honestly, this isn't in terms of like a wrestling theme song for whatever. It's not terrible, but like, it's one of those things because Elias has had so many songs over the year. He's also had where he doesn't really have a song because it's a thing. I just, I just don't think they know what to do with him because. There's so few times that Elias actually makes a normal entrance because a lot of the times you come back from break, he's on stage or he's already in the ring because he's going to do a performance. This week he didn't do a performance because they're clearly like, let's have Jackson Riker whip himself 80,000 times of our truth and try to make it funny instead of having Elias talk. We'll just send Elias out there to go fucking get destroyed. I just, it's, this is so bad. They need to get this shit over with before crowds come back because you want to talk about a fucking burial, these two guys will get assassinated. If this is still going on, crowds come back. The truth and uh, Riker being backstage where he was doing whips and chains excite me. I, I, I couldn't for the life of me understand why we were doing this. I Our get, truth was funny, but that was a waste of time. But like our truth couldn't do anything. Like there's nothing he could have done that made it better. It was just it, it is what it is. It was it was a stinky, and then it was a strap match that you know in 1980 would have probably lasted 10, 20 minutes in, in the NWA. But on Raw, it was just over three minutes. It was just shy of a jobber alert. And I just couldn't think about it anymore, thinking, this is what we're doing here. You spent six minutes of promo time, and this guy's slapping himself with fucking bacon. And then he gets in there, and he fucking wins. And it's like, okay, great, he wins. Now what? Now what? Where does he go from here? You know what he is? He's just the bottom of the third hour guy. That's all he's going to be. Just like Elias, just like the people before him. He's just the bottom third hour guy. That is purgatory. That is next on the chopping block for being fired, unfortunately. I don't want to see anybody get fired. But that, like, if I was him, I would be nervous because that is that is the place I do not want to be, bottom of the third hour. That's what, It's just the worst part. It's the part that you go to the bathroom before the main event if you even bother watching the main event of Raw. Do you want to talk about the main event of Raw next? Your boy, your boy took us to fucking history class again. You know what? You know what, Drew McIntyre? You can emab. Get the fuck out of my life. Emab, bro. What is emab? Eat my ass, bro. Get the fuck out of here. You are very, you are very, very visual today. He stinks, man. This E-Mab. is so bad. You know what's going to happen when crowds come back with this fucking Scottish snore? He's going to get his ass fucking booed, WWE, because you are fucking force feeding him to us. 
You are taking the fucking, the worst things you ever did to John Cena and Roman Reigns, and you are combining them into a vortex of a Scottish supernova, and you're going to get him fucking buried. And it's a damn shame, because Drew doesn't deserve that. Why the fuck are you booking him into money in the bank? Because you know what all I could think of when I saw that? Is, oh my God, he's going to fucking win, and then he's either going to cash in on one of them. I just like, oh my God. Why? Who did this? This doesn't benefit anyone. Honestly, it doesn't. The only way to save this is you have gender fucking kick the shit out of him, take his spot, and fucking be gender. But like, this is just they can't they can't help it. WrestleMania. They literally, it's like I, I don't know if they're trying to like give because I feel like I think of is like they really want to give him a moment in front of the crowds. Are they gonna have him win Money in the Bank? And then either like the only way this works is I just thought of this. He wins Money in the Bank. Kofi wins the title. He cashes in on Kofi and beats the fuck out of him and turns heel. I don't think they're obviously going to do that, but like at this point, it's like I don't like man. They're they're not doing justice by Drew, and this is fucking boring. It's horrible. Like I said, in the ring, he's still fine. He's good. He's solid. But I just like it's not enough right now. It's not enough. You are assassinating this guy. You have him fucking lined up in a bucket, and you are fucking firing as many bullets into him as you can. He's gonna be. He's not even gonna be Swiss cheese anymore. He's just gonna be gone by the time we get the crowds. Are you done? Yeah. History lesson number three, it feels like. I don't know. He taught, But the thing is, is he kind of made fun of it by saying, like, yeah, nobody cares about this. So, you know, it is what it is. I just, I can't for the life of me understand what the fuck is going on. Because I just, I can't for the life of me watch him. Like, in the ring, I don't want to watch him. In the promo, don't want to watch him. If he actually, he needs to take a full-on break, is what we've discussed. He needs to take not just not just a month. I mean, like, take a half a season, like, or even, like, three months. I'd be okay with. Come back at a Royal Rumble. I wouldn't miss you till then. Even then, wouldn't miss you. You've exhausted me in promo land and wrestling land for the last year. And I appreciate what you've done. But sometimes you got to learn something different. You got to go do something different because what you're presenting me is the same old slop that I've seen forever and ever and ever. So for me, I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't watch it anymore. I, the main event, I just fast forward through. And when I found out he won, I just threw my phone because I just, it was not even like the reaction of like, oh God, go away heat. It's more of a, just, it's a disappointment. It's just it's disappointment television, and I'm nervous he's going to win. I'm absolutely nervous he's going to win, JC, and it makes me so angry. It really does. I'm horrified. I'm literally horrified. I don't want to end on a sour note, but I feel like this is where we should leave it in the heat. We should probably get this. You're my only hope. Here's my hope, Nestlemania. I'm going to put it in this universe. My hope is Drew McIntyre doesn't win money in the bank. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. You're that up. was short and sweet. My hope is something very odd that I conjured out of thin air because I'm, you know, amazing at everything I do. Um, so Baron Corbin is down on his luck, right? He may not have a lot of places to go. There's a draft coming up. Most people think he's probably going to go to maybe to Raw. I say he's so down on his luck, he doesn't get picked by Raw or SmackDown. Go, I know, I know, I know, you're, are, you, are you appalled or you have asthma? I'm disgusted. Okay. Well, anyway, he doesn't go to Raw or SmackDown, so there's one logical choice he could go to. NXT. No. (laughs) (laughs) NXT goes back down to NXT, goes to rework and revamp on his character, 
and he becomes the I or part of the feud between the megastar and Cameron Grimes to have a bodyguard. Go with me on this. And then he ends up with he ends up with L.A. Knight because I think that would be hysterical to eventually, you know, get that whole thing going on. I think for some reason those characters would work really well together. And I just want to see Cameron Grimes fight against Baron Corbin. I think that that would be an interesting feud. He's got that little guy thing that Baron Corbin can always make something out of. And I think L.A. Knight is going to be better off not wrestling because he's not he's not an NXT wrestler for sure. And I, he's more of a main roster wrestler where he doesn't have to do anything. And so I feel like Baron Corbin fighting his battles and maybe getting some money in the process after losing the crown might actually make him, like, get him his confidence back. You know, all the shit that he lost by having somebody that has a million dollars. So I, that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag to the moon. Well, I love that we're in a world now where... Nestlemania is openly hoping for Baron Corbin to be like the wrestling workhorse in a feud. I love that you become this way. It's so much growth. He deserves it, but it's just, it's, it's such a crazy world when we look back on where we've come from. And I love it. I love it. I mean, I agree with the Corbin Grimes thing. I don't think there's any way in hell, hell, Corbin's going to NXT. He'll go to Raw. Maybe Grimes gets called up and make a feud there. Maybe, but I just want to see it because I think this is, it's inevitable. Because I think that the characters are just, they're so opposite, but they're so similar that they, they, I, there's, there's just too many positives between these two that I just, I see this happening. I just, I, 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 I am, I am pushing this into the universe. I'm thrusting this. This is going to happen. This don't is going to happen. Don't thrust too hard. We know what happens when uh, you really get excited about things, but don't call it a comeback. Nestlemania. We're about to make history. How do I do it? Whoa. <laughs> you don't even know this song. Whoa. I don't know this song. My comeback is Jungle Boy. You know what? He didn't win. I don't care because that man won the biggest title in the wrestling world. As you saw, a picture that broke the internet and a little squeeze to go with it. Jungle Boy is dating Anna Jay. My comeback. What a stud. Jungle Boy might be the greatest wrestler on the planet. Um, Kenny Omega, you actually lost. Uh, Jungle Boy wins, and he gets my comeback. Do you see where his hand was? Uh, did you not hear about the? I said with a little bit of a squeeze. Yeah, what a stud! What an absolute fucking stud! Tarzan's got his Jane, man. Good I will say, him. I will say, this is why the Dark Order is better on Twitter than it is on AEW. So that happened. Yeah, Dark Order should. Yeah. <laughs> Dark. That happened, and everybody started tweeting at Stu Bennett. Not Stu Bennett. Um. That's what the hell's his name? The other, the one that hangs out with Uno, Stu, whatever, Stu Grayson. Grayson. Thank you. Um, and he goes, "I've been tweeted at. I know, I know. She's working undercover. He's gonna be part. We finally got him working. He's gonna be part of the Dark Order. Like, I just, I love that shit. That like people use it for like publicity, or they just do it to to further a storyline, and they're not really talking about themselves. I love that. I so, like, kudos to him. Obviously, I'm sure all of you wept. But, you know, you'll all get your chance someday, I'm sure. Well, the internet. Whoa, 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 <laughs> you don't even whoa, know whoa, how to do whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're sounding like you, you, you have no clue. You have no fucking clue. Yeah. Yeah, you I can't give somebody a comeback if you don't even know their song. I just gave him a comeback, damn it. If the fucking guy is a stud. 
Speaking of studs, my comeback this week goes to one Seth freaking Rollins. Not only did he win in his mixed tag match, which I was pleasantly surprised that they won. Of course, the champion can get beaten and, you know, nobody cares. And then, you know, Seth Rollins indirectly wins. But the promo afterwards where he's like, I am mentally, I am physically, I am spiritually ready to do this thing. That was great. And then, of course, you know, the fucking 50-year-old man that huffing and puffing looks like a hobo comes in and with his pyro that he doesn't do his rock on, steals his spotlight. I'm in. Then he goes on Talking Smack. This is why he gets my comeback, folks. If you haven't gone and seen Talking Smack, it is it is worth the five to ten minutes that it's on. So they, they're sitting there and they're talking to him about how he's going to be the number one contender. Kayla puts her finger in her ear and says, I'm getting told that you are not the number one contender. And he starts throwing a nutty and they they throw. He's like, well, this just happened. So they throw to the clip where Edge, you know, huffing and puffing after he fucking spears and hits everybody, comes in and he's like, Sonya Deville, who's just like, could be talked into anything, comes in and it's like, and, and Adam Pierce too. It's like, Adam Pierce has like been chopped. It doesn't matter. The two of them are sitting there as he's huffing and puffing and he's like, I'm going to have my one-on-one match at WrestleMania that I should have had, blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, the two of them are like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then they come back out, and Seth Rollins literally loses his shit. And just, he's like, he's like, oh, listen, I am the one true constant of this fucking place. And he just, he just starts, like, getting very upset. And he's just like, I didn't take six months off after WrestleMania like some people. He's like, I am here every goddamn Like, he just lost it. And I was just like, this is the stuff he needs to do on television. Because it was awesome. He was like, he was so angry. He was like, what has Edge ever done? He does nothing! And I was just like, yes! This was great. So for me, I love Seth Rollins. Our boy Danny Grimwood would totally co-sign on this comeback. I am giving my comeback to the man that will eventually, someday, possibly, maybe beat Roman Reigns. It might take us another goddamn year. But he's going to be a babyface when he does it. Seth freaking Rollins. It's good. It's it's honestly good stuff, and that's why I said the Edge thing. It's like I was happy to see it, the Roman things happening now because it's going to lead to this, which will be much better. But WrestleMania, it's time to get to the big old finish. There's a lot of stuff we got to talk about, I guess. So you mentioned SmackDown. Owens and Zayn, who's getting money in the bank? I hope it's Sammy. He deserves it. We we've been told. Yeah, we've I, been told by Uncle Dave and other people that apparently KO may be taking a little bit of a sabbatical. So. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much said it himself. That's why I was surprised to see him uh, back. But I think Zayn and Money in the Bank would be a lot more fun because, you know, conspiracy stuff. Uh, Raw probably has something. SmackDown will probably have more Money in the Bank qualifiers because they barely put anyone in. But uh, obviously, stay to the Twitters for that. But on NXT, Tuesday night, tonight, number one contenders match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. We have Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Ember and Shotzi, taking on Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, WrestleMania. Who you got? For some reason, I want to say Io Shirai and Zoe Zoe is going to win because this they is, are going to win. Okay, well, I don't have to do my detective work then. Never mind. You can no do it. I just think they're going to win too. Uh, I think Raquel's busy doing other things, clearly, and so that negates that whole part. The poor part out. Excuse me. And then, by the way, some people are are. They hate on her. They're like, you should take less photographs on Instagram and start learning wrestling holds. People are mental on the internet with her. Once you reach success, yeah, there's a the lot of haters. People turn, out. man. Um, the people turn. They That's turn just on how her. it is. But anyway, uh, nope. the other team, uh, Shotzi, and as much as I love Shotzi, I, I mean, I, give me Shotzi all day long. But 
that tag team has had their moment. They're doing their thing. They're just kind of treading water. Until, I think, honestly, you know. I think Shotzi's going to challenge Raquel soon for the title. And EO and Candice have always had that history. So I think that, that tag team match would be a banner of a match. And I'm assuming it'll be for uh, next week's Fit American Bash. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything else in NXT unless if you do. We can go to uh, the Wednesday nights. It's actually back on Wednesday nights for the first time in a long time. AEW. It is. Do you know what's on the there? The main event in WrestleMania, MJF, Sammy Guevara. They've been building to this one. Guevara is actually has all the momentum in the world. But I feel like when you come up against the ring, you hit in the face. I think MJF's going to take care of him. Maybe with a little bit of Sean Spears mixed in. A little bit of Tully. A little bit of Wardlow. Maybe a little FTR. But uh, MJF. I mean, the pinnacle. We're getting a third match between these two groups. At probably their next pay-per-view, and I don't know how they're going to top what they've done so far, but I'm sure they'll find something ridiculous. Well, they did call it a summer of violence, so I will be interested to see how they continue doing this all the way through the rest of the summer, because you can get fatigued pretty quickly with this kind of stuff. So they do a great job of not making a five-on-five, and it's been little things here and there. I would love to see just little things here and there added to it, but, you know, time will tell. But, um... I'm going to go with MJF as well because clearly the, the they need him to stay hot and he needs to only lose certain matches, so this is going to be a big dub for him. Next up, TNT title. Miro, who cut a super hot fire promo on Saturday Night, taking on Brian Pillman Jr. I'm sorry, I'm going to say this because now that you're going to either agree with me because Cody Rhodes doesn't hold this championship or get upset because TNT championship is now Miro and you love Miro. I'm personally going to call this the, to- the Tomato Can Championship. Because literally... No, because this championship's more prestigious than the other one. No, it is not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. F- look, I love flying Brian Pillman Jr. I do. But, like, the people Miro fights, there's no fucking... There's no way you sit across that ring and you go, Well, he's not going to lose... He's going to lose it to Archer. Nope. He's going to lose it to this guy. Nope. Week, nope. He's just racking up wins. He's racking up wins. Miro take on Charlotte. 12 weeks in a row. No, they're building Andrade, it seems like. So right now, it's like AEW actually does a thing where they, I don't know, defend their title. So yeah, you have these things where it'd be like, go out and just wrestle. Give the audience something to cheer about. We all know Brian Pillman Jr. is not going to win, but it's like you actually have a champion defending their title in matches. That's why this championship is better, because Cody defended every week. Darby Allen didn't defend it at first, and it was bad. He started defending it again. Uh, freaking what's-his-name had it for the short time, and he defended it. That's why this championship is visible. It's in matches every week, and I like it. And I love Miro. He's a stud. He's going to fucking destroy this move. He's going to end up where he is right now, where he was before. No. Miro, is. uh, he has the best championship in AEW. Actually, no, second best. I lied. Because the next one, women's tag team match, the best champion in AEW, Britt Baker, teams up with Rebel, Reba, whatever. It's not Reba. It's Rebel. Nyla and Vicky Guerrero. I have to watch Vicky go. Not only do I have this match, which whatever, but I just need all the Brit and Rebel content. I don't give a fuck. That we, she needs to get through Nyla and Vicky so we can move on to other women who we all care about. I love Rebel, so anything Rebel, I'm in. The end. What about Vicky Guerrero? Are you excited to see her wrestle? I'd be happy with her off my television. Agreed. Dane, next up we have a... They do this thing where they call it tag team eliminator matches, where it's a number one contender, where I think you fight the champions, right? Young Bucks versus Penta and Kingston. Um, did Penta and Kingston win and get a title shot? 
this is a hodgepodge tag team that I've ever seen in my life. It make like I get but like they're best friends, or they were, and now they're not. I can't keep track. Where's Ray Phoenix? He got injured, I think. Okay. I so I'm gonna... just channeling the Doja Cat. You're my best friend. He's a real bad. Bitch. I mean, honestly, no money. I would say, what else are they gonna do? So yeah, Kingston and fucking Penta win because what else is gonna happen? I don't know. Apparently, Eddie Kingston just gets to find a new partner and keep challenging the Young Bucks because you know whatever. Okay. Yeah. Where's Pac, by the way? Because wasn't Pac mad about this shit? Oh, I don't I know anymore. But yeah, I just I'm so you want to talk about I'm bored with McIntyre. I've been bored with the Young Bucks for a long time. They just like. Oh, I don't know, man. It's a shame. I am curious, before we leave, JC, there were like 14 releases this past week. We didn't get a chance to talk mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Any that you were surprised by? Any that you think will flourish even better? I mean, they're all do, they'll all do well, no matter what. But Yeah. I mean, is, um, there, is there one that you would like to really talk about very quickly? I didn't, honestly didn't really think about this. I think that the I nice know, thing is, is when, when you leave WWE, there always is a lot more doors that uh, open for you. Uh, so I think all these people will have their opportunities for sure. Uh, but obviously the one close near and dear to my heart is Tyler Breeze. I, he's always been one of my favorites since he came on. One of the OG NXTs, my favorite part of the show. Absolutely adored this man. We know he is an absolutely incredible wrestler. He's really taken that mentor role. That's why I thought it was kind of cool that him and Fandango, had, even though it was short, they did get an NXT tag team title reign. It's just kind of like, you guys are savvy veterans. You have come in. You make a difference in this locker room every day. You make people better. Hell, Tyler Breeze is a wrestling school with Sean Spears, where a lot of people who work for both companies go to. So it's it's always been that kind of bridge. And obviously, Tyler Breeze is very involved in Xavier Woods thing. Um the video that circulated with Adam Cole pretty much looking like he wanted to cry when he found out the news. He was streaming live, and Xavier had a beautiful message. But to me, it's always going to be Tyler Breeze because I, he's been one of my literal favorites uh, since the beginning. I, there's no doubt in my mind that whatever he wants to do, if he even wants to do anything, he'll be great. But they released a ton of talented people, and I know there's a few of you want to talk about. Well, one in particular is Austin Gray or Anthony Green, very near and dear to my heart because he's a good person. I've interacted with him, called his matches just a general amazing human being. So I know he'll be fine because of his connections and his, he's like the, the definition of hustle is that kid. Like I, I've talked to him and he is, he is beyond just, you think I know a lot about wrestling. He puts me to shame. Like we talk about stuff and I'm, he's like, you remember this thing? And I'm like, no, no, I, how do I not know these things? But he's, he's like, he's hardcore. This is his life. This is what he loves. So for me, I just, I'm very excited for him because I think he has enough people that can surround him that will help him and he's good enough on his own that he'll be just fine. Um, I was surprised that, you know, 205 was kind of dying a slow death, but now it seems like this is it. Um, the one thing I'm surprised at, and I think is a, a lawsuit waiting to happen, which is uh, Mrs. Roderick Strong. I think she, is she pregnant? Because if know. she is, she's got a good lawsuit. Personally, that's the way yeah, I look at I, it. I, I mean, she hasn't been on TV in what, pregnant? No, but I mean, if she's pregnant and they just cut her, it's like, mm, that's... Yeah, I don't, my, I mean, a lot, sometimes you, the word release you sometimes got to be careful with because a lot of the times their quote-unquote releases are expiring contracts mm-hmm. and they're just called releases, obviously, because they're just not renewing them. Yeah. So it's it's always, unless they're final facts, I'm never going to speculate. Right, exactly. And then finally, because I'm just a Never Rise guy, this one really hurt me. Um, I think this is an incredibly talented duo. I am so excited to see what they do outside of WWE. I thought they got a raw deal. I mean, yes, I know people might say that they weren't the tallest dudes in the bunch, but 
they were incredible, entertaining. I mean, the fact that they had the pre-show to the pre-show for an NXT TakeOver, the fact that they had their own web show, they made the biggest splash they possibly could in NXT and on 205. So I think they made a difference. And I think that those guys are just too talented not to succeed. Um, obviously, everybody on this list is very talented and can succeed. They got to the WWE. But these guys uh, made an impression on me when I was just getting out of the business and I watched the show and I, I, I saw them back then and I thought these guys were stars and I still think they're stars and I think that they're either going to end up in Impact, they're going to end up in Ring of Honor, they're going to end up everywhere and anywhere. And I, I just think that they're, they're just... Words can't describe how much of a fan I am of them. And it, when I found that out, it made me go, I, this is why I can't have favorites anymore because they all my favorites they just they just don't they don't use them or maybe maybe it's me maybe i should just stop picking favorites so yeah you just seem to curse people but i know i mean it's just it's just part of the business one of those things it's like look at man you wish everyone could stay there forever but it's just like it's like i said in the last round it's like if you want the new people to get a chance sometimes some of the old have to move on and like i said i think for most of them it'll be they'll they'll find their way because like it opens a lot more doors when you have that on your resume. And I think a lot of these people will get to pick where they go next. And uh, I think they'll get an opportunity to do their thing. So we'll see, but uh, you know, we don't want to, and it's obviously a sad note, but at the same time, like you, like we said, opens up more doors, but uh, Hey, hit us up. Uh, five stars, five flames on all the podcasting platforms, Apple pod. Yeah. Spotify, Amazon, anchor, stitcher, all the others that I'm forgetting, YouTube, but our website, jobberknocker.com, some of the best weekly content around of all these shows, as well as our predictions will be up for upcoming stuff and some specialty articles as well. Uh, great archive up there as well. Twitter, follow the crew. In the description of this podcast is all the handle, at Jobberknocker, also on Facebook and Instagram, because Nestlemania, wherever you, where you want to be on social media, media, not media, 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 He wants media, a media that media. media. Uh, very quickly, I just want to say that Apple apparently says that you need to follow the podcast for your downloads to count. So please, folks, if you are a fan of the Jobberknocker, please hit that follow button because it really does help us. We get a better idea of the numbers, and uh, it's just it's good support. If you if you like listening to our, our, our shenanigans, then hopefully you can do that for us. On that note, we appreciate you listening. We will be back next week with more Jobberknockery. 